0: Merry Christmas. Have a seat.
1: Merry Christmas. It's Happy New Year, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm lost. You lost. I it's, am lost. It's been, it's been a while. It, it's been a, it, <laughs> actually. It,
0: it, it's been since last year. It's, it's, it's been last year since I've seen these filthy animals, too. You know? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, All it's right. Been, it's been, I it's am been a little brutal. off today. What's the deal? I don't, I don't Today know. is 2-1 yeah. of 22. Yes, 22. How many of you guys have had one, a two, rough 22?
1: writing the date? 1-2-22. I said 2-1-22, but it's 1-2-22. See, you are really In off. Latin
0: America, it's 2 you know
1: I know? You know how I know you're off? I don't know. Because you always talk about shopping on Amazon, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'm willing to bet that you haven't shopped on Amazon
0: all year. Where's Tyler? ba Bing. bing Nice. How, yeah, many, of you guys have how many
1: of you guys have been able to... Re- <laughs> thank nice. you, thank you, thank you. I there you go, there you go, there you go. You. Hey, speaking of drones, I, listen, I, I, I forgot something. Uh,
0: right okay. Uh, Welcome to Bethel. If you are here for the first time online or in person, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We love to connect with uh, those that um, are checking out Bethel. There's a way to do that. Uh, You can see on our screen here, it's mybethel.cc slash connect. Uh, there's also a QR code on the back seat in front of you if you'd like to scan that. Uh, simply, we just want to stay in touch with you. We want to connect with you uh, so we can answer any questions about Bethel. Um, here at Bethel, it's very simple. It's not about any kind of program or religion, but it's about Jesus. What in the world are you doing with that?
1: Well, I figured, I figured we didn't get enough last week, so I wanted to, I wanted to, to bring this out,
0: you know. I know we haven't sang since last year, but I think that's enough. You don't want to do something special. I don't know what we would do. So unless you're going to lead us, well, you have a mic, and I can well, have a seat. Well, I don't want to do that. Either. <laughs> if you're not in it with, Drummer me, Boy's I don't want to is do over, it. man. We can't Dr- do Drummer
1: Boy. See, we're all messed up. I know. It's, it's, I know. It's not Christmas anymore. We can't sing Drummer Boy. Sorry, we can't sing Drummer Boy. Yeah, get
0: that out of here. Get that right, out of here. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe some other time. Maybe next year. Um, We're starting a new series today called uh, Galatians, The Problem Of. Uh, We're going to be looking in the book of Galatians, which is a, it's one of Paul's most stern letters. And so to start this year, we want to talk about the problems that we find as we try to find and follow Jesus, uh, kind of the problems that we can all encounter. So let's get started this morning. as you can tell we are missing an important person on our team my wife is still under the weather if you guys pray for her uh, she's gonna we're gonna be trying to check her out tomorrow uh, medically to see what what else we can do but she's been sick for a long time so if you'll pray for her um, I know she's watching online today so uh, miss her and uh, I know you guys do as well so I'd like to get Reuben and I off stage it's not very good to start the year this way so <laughs> um, let's, I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into Galatians chapter 1 where we're going to be talking about the problem of there's lots of little problems that we're going to find in the book of Galatians as we're trying to follow Jesus All right, let's pray God, this morning we are once again grateful for who you are. We're thankful for Jesus. We know it's because of him that we're here. God, even the cold weather, we're grateful for that. We're grateful that you are in control. We can trust you. Uh, God, even the weather, the ups and downs that we experience here in Oklahoma. God, I pray that you'd bless our service, that your spirit would be free to work in our hearts and our minds. And if there's anything in our, in our souls that needs to be refreshed and encouraged, God, I pray that today you would do that and we would leave this place energized and ready for 2022. Thank you so much for Jesus. It's because of him that we're here. In his name we pray. Amen. I've been working on this idea uh, for a bit, that I think there's two kinds of Christians, uh, two, two types of Christians that are pretty common. Uh, one type is the narcissist Christian, and the other type is a masochistic Christian. So, Christians that are masochist or narcissist, and a lot of us are one or the other, and some of us are a combo of both of those. And here's what I mean by that I think that the masochistic Christian believes that there needs to be more suffering in order to prove that you're following Jesus. For example, looking for more ways to make life difficult, like everything in ministry or everything in life is seen through the lens of suffering, and the more suffering, the more we know that we're following Jesus. So they suffer for Jesus, and you know they're suffering for Jesus, because they make sure you know that they're suffering for Jesus. They're miserable, and they wouldn't have it any, any other way. They look for more and more ways to make life hard on themselves, and difficult they can be found doing another deep dive into greek and hebrew trying to find the next secret code and the next level of being a christian this is the masochistic christian okay can you identify with that maybe no you guys are like that's not me all right well maybe you're the narcissistic christian um it's all about them or all about you uh, they know more than you know, and they make sure that you know that they know more than you, that you know. They're pious and studious and stuck up and proud and look down their noses with pity on those that are beneath them and haven't arrived yet. They think that the God, they are God's gift to the church and no one could possibly function without them, and they have a corner on the truth and no one can teach them anything. Now, do you not identify with that? You're like, nope, I'm not raising my hand for that one either. <laughs> All right, well, this is one or the other, and I think a lot of us find ourselves either in this, like, I need to suffer more Or, I've arrived more. And maybe you say, well, I'm somewhere in the middle, like some days that I think I don't know anything, and other days I think I've arrived. And I think the danger between these two places are that many of us find ourselves going back and forth between the two. The truth is, everybody likes to be liked. Everybody likes to uh, be liked by people around them. We go to incredible lengths to find friends. We go to incredible lengths to find our job and our career, our community, um, our belonging. So we just want to be accepted. And here's what happens is deep down inside, we look at God and we look at our relationship with God and we want to be accepted by God as well. And so we end up going to incredible lengths to try to get God to appease God and to actually make God think about us. So some people go to incredible lengths to actually appease him or give up in the trying and reject him. In our pursuit of acceptance, we get overwhelmed with the thought of more religion and failure and disappointment and stress, depression and defeat. And I'm curious if today maybe all of us are experiencing a little bit of grace deficit, like we're missing something, like we need a little more grace this year to move to the next stage of life. Maybe your commitment this year... Has started with the thought of, I'm gonna get deeper into scripture. I'm gonna have a, a, a quiet time with God every single day. Maybe it's I'm gonna lose some excessive hol- or excess holiday weight. Maybe it's I'm gonna be a nicer person. Maybe I'm gonna give more away. Maybe I'm gonna clean out my attic. Maybe I'm gonna organize myself. And in all of our pursuits, we tend to go like extreme this way or extreme this way. For example, if we say I'm gonna lose a few pounds, we don't just begin looking at our, our food. We say, well, if I had this exercise bike, and if I had these workout clothes, and if I had these weights, and if I had this app, and if I had this, this method, and then if I had a friend that would do it with me, maybe I can actually do it. And so we go extreme, buy all the stuff, and then the stuff sits there as we're looking at it saying, I thought if I just bought this stuff, it would work. I actually have to take some action into the process. Well, we do the same thing in our spiritual life. We say, okay, maybe I can get the right Bible, find out which version is the best, which method of study is the best, maybe what denomination is the best, the traditional or contemporary, maybe liturgical or more spirit-led, or maybe conservative or liberal, topical or expository. You go to church and you can pick. It's a, it's a wide buffet, and it seems like everyone's looking for the next big thing in church world, and all too often we lose ourselves in extremes. We end up being legalistic in our attempt to earn salvation, or we have a who-cares mentality about our sin. And so we begin implementing the best practices and hacks of being a better Christian. And in the process, we lose dependence on Jesus and we lose the reason for everything, which is Jesus. We end up overlooking Jesus' help in the process and we begin focusing on all the stuff to do instead of trusting the one, Jesus, who came and. Paid for the penalty of our sin, he actually made a way for us to over uh, to get over our consequences and the penalty of, of the sin before God. We put Jesus on the back burner, and only call on him when we need something big, or maybe we're stuck in our rituals to appease God. Paul called the Galatians, this church, these churches that he started. He called them out with this bomb statement in chapter two of Galatians. He said, "For if keeping the law." or doing all these rituals these things could make us right with God then there was no need for Christ to die so if you and i can reach righteousness if you and i can reach goodness if we can actually get to a place where we are have arrived then jesus did not need to come to this earth and die Over the next several weeks, we're going to explore the book of Galatians because Galatians is actually a bomb that Paul drops on the church, a church that's pursuing Jesus and then gets distracted with other problems, problems like freedom and problems like legalism and problems like choice and pretending, putting a mask on, possibly alternatives, balance, self-improvement, acceptance, and much more. Galatians is the perfect book for us to set the course for 2022 because he brings us back to the reason of everything, and it's like a reset in the reason for everything, which is Jesus. He reminds us that it's not about you, it's all about Jesus, over and over again in this book. The background of the book of Galatians is that Paul and Barnabas uh, were commissioned by the church, and they were sent out on their first missionary journey, and they went around Asia Minor starting churches, starting ministries. They would go to a community, they'd find people of peace, they'd share the gospel, the truth about Jesus with them, and then they would establish churches, turn it over to leadership, and they'd go on to the next town and start a different one. You can find these uh, these particular churches in the book of Acts in chapter 13 and 14 if you want to read the account. These two chapters talk through the process of starting these churches in Asia Minor, today is in the area of central Turkey. Galatians is one of Paul's most stern and loud letters. It's actually a portion towards the end that he grabs the pen away from the scribe and he writes in big letters saying, I'm actually saying this, this is me talking. And so he calls us out and calls us back to a life with Jesus. He wrote this to a group of churches and Christians that fell into the trap of Jesus+. plus jesus plus jesus plus is so dangerous because jesus plus you would think oh my god if you put a plus sign after jesus that means it's better um like if you get a phone and there's a plus at the end you're like oh it's the better phone or if i get a the plan um online the plus sign that means it's a better plan and so when we come to jesus we say well jesus is good but maybe jesus plus is way better well what is jesus plus You may think it's better and greater to go into a deeper understanding of the secrets of the life of Jesus. It seems like an upgrade. It sells itself as bigger and better and more committed. And yet it promises fulfillment and holiness based on personal achievement and accomplishment. It promises graduating to another level of spirituality. It promises superiority over other Christians. Jesus plus actually is like carrying around more and more luggage. So you come to Jesus, and Jesus wants to take away your burdens, and what we end up doing is we end up adding luggage to the process. And it's bulky, and it's uncomfortable, and we walk around saying, I've got Jesus plus. And we walk around with this luggage because it's actually promising for us to achieve a spiritual level of superiority. It gives us permission to look down at other people and it makes you better than others and it makes you judgmental and you just keep piling it on because there's always something new to find and there's always some new teaching that we can find and aspire to and all it does is it makes us more and more burdensome and we're carrying around all this luggage, we're carrying around all this weight because we think that knowing Jesus and coming to a life with Jesus is going to be better than As I began to add things to the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Jesus Plus hides behind the illusion of following Jesus and actually keeps you from knowing Jesus. It keeps you so busy in serving Jesus to keep you away from a relationship with Jesus. Jesus Plus is a trap, and it's a trap that adds weight after weight and burden after burden to the freedom that we find in Jesus. It adds luggage to our lives. It adds meaningless busyness to our schedule. It wears us out. And when we find Jesus to be relieved of the burden, we think, oh, I'm going to find him, and then he's going to add three tasks to my list to do. That is not knowing Jesus. Jesus plus is a trap. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus himself says this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy, heavy burdens and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you let me teach you because i am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for your for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden i give you is light so so here's the thing to think about as we're deciding how 2020 is 2022 is going to be if we are deciding that this is going to be the best year ever and we're going to make some decisions to improve our spiritual lives, to improve our families, to improve our jobs, we need to be careful that we're not adding so much to our lives that we can't move and it becomes a burden because Jesus promises rest. He's inviting you to put down your burdens and give them to Him because His burden is light. Now let's walk through the first few chapters of Galatians. First few chapters, or sorry, first few verses of Galatians chapter one. Verse one says this. This is Paul writing to the churches in Galatia. He says, This is the letter from Paul, an apostle. I'm not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. Paul points to his earlier encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And if you read this in Acts chapter 9, This story is powerful because he's going to persecute, he's going to actually enslave more Christians, and he's carrying around this burden of legalism, trying to get people to conform to the law of God. And so he's on the road to Damascus in in Acts chapter 9, and he actually is confronted by Jesus himself. And Jesus knocks him off his horse, and Jesus talks to him and calls him into ministry. He acknowledges that he is dependent on his relationship with Jesus from that point on in his Father, and the God who has power over life and death. This morning, as we look at this story, as we look at this letter to the church in Galatia, I want you to know that you are not here by accident. There's something powerful that God does in your life and God does in the life of the community where he calls people to himself and he knows he's appointed us to this time for such a time as this. You see through scripture from the prophets of old to different uh, people that are, that, are, that are highlighted in scripture is that God chose them for specific times and the same thing is happening this morning with you. It says that he was not appointed by any group or, uh, of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ Himself. And this morning, you're appointed and chosen by Jesus and the power of God. Your life actually has value and has purpose. Let's keep reading there. It says, verse 2, all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. Paul shows that he's not in this alone. He's surrounded by other believers that are with him, and they're hand in hand with the mission. You are not alone. There's many times we come into our spiritual life and we think this is a lonely journey. You know, the the decision to follow Jesus is personal, but it's never, ever private. We become a community of believers because we need one another in order to walk along, in order to be called out and called back and lifted up and encouraged along the way. You are not alone. You're loved and prayed for by believers who are with you. Um, In Costa Rica, the church there in Costa Rica, they, every week... The pastor calls me and says, "Hey, how things go this weekend? I'm praying for the church of Bethel. I'm praying for the church of Bethel." And this is a guy you may never meet, but these are people; these are believers in other countries that are praying for you, just like we in turn will pray for them. And there's an amazing camaraderie that happens there. Verse three says, "This may God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave His life for our sins, just as God our Father planned." in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. He uses these two words, grace and peace. These two words are extremely meaningful in the life of the believer. I'm walking around with this luggage and you're like, why is Ray still holding on to that luggage? This is what all of us do. At first it seems like nothing. We're like, "Ah, I can add this to my schedule, it's no big deal. I'll just add this one religious activity, and it'll be all right. I'll carry it with me. But over time, it becomes so heavy and burdensome, we just want to drop it, and yet our hands are tied to it because we've tied our faith, we've tied our purpose and our hope to the luggage, to the religion that we carry around. This word grace and peace that Paul um, encourages the church with, church with specifically grace, is that unearned, undeserved favor or merit. It cannot be bought, it cannot be sold, it cannot be paid back. It's beyond the reach and yet right at hand to each of us. Grace is given by God. Grace is life, and without it, we are hopeless. The opposite of grace is religion and law. And there's many of us that have exchanged grace, have exchanged unmerited favor with burdens and luggage of religion because we think that we need to graduate to a different level, like the gospel, that the Jesus died for me, is a kindergarten thing, like a first grade thing. But no, the, the life with Jesus is everything. The gospel is everything. The next word to use there is peace. Peace is rest, calm, fulfillment. It's knowledge that the pursuit is over. And you can look at Paul's life, and he, over and over again, he had been pursuing perfection and could never quite arrive. Where his perfection, his pursuit of perfection, became a judgment on other people. And then he backed up and he said, From now on, my pursuit is over. I can die in peace because I know Jesus. Peace is a supernatural acknowledgement that we are well in our soul. And what Paul is doing, is he's praying that this grace and peace would come to us through God, the owner of grace and peace. Paul points to our sin, the barriers that we have between God and ourselves. He, to- he points to the sin problem that we don't even like to acknowledge, that our, our imperfection, our, our falling short as the barrier between God and man. Jesus actually gave up his life. He summarizes the gospel just beautifully in this verse, that Jesus gave up his life for our benefit. It says that Jesus rescued. That's why it's a done deal and not something that you and I need to aspire to. Um, Years ago, I told uh, the church a story, and you may have heard it or not, but um, when I was a teenager, I was back in Costa Rica. My dad would take us on hiking trips, and we'd go to different places. One of them was a really high mountain, and another one was a volcano. In this particular trip, I was 18. I had just finished high school. I was about ready to go to college. I thought I was all that. I thought I knew more than anybody else, and we went on this camping trip, and about three o'clock in the afternoon, a friend of mine and I had heard about this swimming hole. Um, I don't know. We didn't know exactly how far away it was. It was like, hey, I think we can get to the swimming hole and back, and no one would even know, and so we just took off. He and I took off. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't take flashlights. We didn't take anything with us. No water, nothing. We just took off, and so we went off into the jungle, and if you've ever been in the jungle, it's dense. You can't even see the sky, but it was, a, it was light enough that we could see. We went to the swimming hole. We found it. We swam. It was awesome. We had a great time, and I said, man, we better get back because it's getting dark. Well, in Costa Rica, it gets dark at 530. Well, that's normal time. In the jungle, it gets dark like at 4 because the sun goes down, and it's pitch black. You can't see anything. So we start heading back, running back as fast as we can, and about halfway back, we got stuck in the jungle. We could not see our hands in front of our face. I had one of those old, uh, those old Timex watches, you know, with a little light on it. And I had a little light, and I was on my hands and knees looking for the trail. That didn't work. It was so dark, and we were lost. Out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, uh, my friend Gabriel, I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. And he goes, I don't either. And so we're on our hands and knees in the jungle trying to feel for the trail so we can get out. And I was like, I'm dead. My dad's going to kill me. I just knew in my head, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm toast. So if I survive the jungle, my dad's gonna kill me because I ran off and didn't tell anybody. And so I'm on my hands and knees, I finally sit down, I say, sit to my back, so we're back to back somewhere on the trail, and I'm like, we're just gonna sleep right here till morning because I don't know what else to do. Well, in the jungle, there's predators out there, dangerous stuff. Next thing you know, we hear this I mean, the noises that happen when you're real quiet is amazing. There was these monkeys. And they were coming real close to us, and they were trying to see what we were doing, and then they started throwing stuff at us. And I was crossing my fingers that it was nothing nasty. But we kept getting pelted by stuff in the night, couldn't see, couldn't defend ourselves, and so we just started making a bunch of noise, trying to get them to go away. Nothing. I don't know how much time passed, but we were on this this trail in the dark, lost. And then right when I was about to fall asleep, I was laying down on the trail. I heard this loud yell from far away. And I was like, I think someone's coming to find us. I think someone's going to come and rescue us. And sure enough, in the, in the brush through the jungle, I saw these flashlights flashing through the jungle. And so I started making as much noise as I could, started screaming and yelling, and sure enough, around the corner came my dad, park ranger, some other people, and I just put my head down, and I was like, so full of shame, and like, I know I'm dead. I know I'm dead. But guess what? Not one lecture. Not one... Bad word or abusive language. It was simply, oh, I'm so glad I found you. I was so worried. And all the way home, all the way back to the campsite, my dad had his arm around us and I was trying to walk fast because I was embarrassed. And no, it was just, man, I'm glad we found you, rescued you. This is what happens with a gospel. The good news of Jesus. He died for you and He died for me. And we're out in the dark jungle. We got our little light. We got our burdens, we're trying to appease God, and Jesus said, oh, I'm so glad I found you. I'm so glad I found you. Without one evil word, without one lecture, without one condemnation, he's like, oh, I found you. I've rescued you. And he puts his arms around you, and he carries you on. Paul starts this book by acknowledging Jesus rescuing us from this evil world when we didn't deserve it. And this is the foundation of the book. And as we see as we go forward, we will see the, sh- the simple definition of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is simply this. Jesus died to bring us grace and peace. Jesus died to rescue us with no condemnation. Jesus died to complete the plan of God for your life and for life, my life. Jesus, uh, the gospel, I'm sorry, the good news of Jesus is a complete plan and we get to discover the depths of it for the rest of our lives. The burdens that we've been carrying, Jesus offers us to put it down. The gospel says it is finished. There's nothing more to accomplish. The gospel is free. We don't need to pay it back. The gospel is rest our search is over. The gospel is God's glory revealed. The gospel, gospel is power. The gospel is a problem. It's a problem because it conflicts with our ideas and our desire for justice. Because we want justice, but we want it for people around us, not ourselves. And Jesus said, I found you. You're free. This right here was in my pocket. And there's a hole in it. Sorry. This right here does not weigh anything. And Jesus says, you know what, I've come to set you free, and it's light. In Matthew 11 says, come to me, if you're weary, if you're full of burdens, heavy burdens, come to me and I'll give you rest, because my burden weighs nothing. And most of us take this that weighs nothing, and we exchange it for weight. We exchange it for religion. We exchange it for burdens. Here's my question as we wrap up this morning. What are you chasing in 2022? Are you chasing right standing with God, favor with God, appeasement with God? I want to tell you this morning that Jesus paid it all. Are you unsatisfied with your spiritual condition? Jesus paid it all. Do you feel like something is missing and you haven't made it yet? Jesus paid it all. Are you worn out? Are you tired? Are you discouraged? Jesus paid it all. Are you having trouble navigating this life? Jesus paid it all. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. My question is, will you say yes to his rest? Will you say yes to his peace? Will you lay your burdens down and pick up the light, the light burden of Jesus? which is, he paid it all. There's nothing left to be done. Let me pray for you this morning. God, this morning, as we embark on this journey in the book of Galatians, it is so tempting to live a Jesus-plus life, thinking that it's better because, well, I come to Jesus, he rescues me, and then I can start adding to that. But As we'll see in the book of Galatians that adding to what Jesus did completely on the cross cheapens the good news, cheapens the peace that passes all understanding. It cheapens the experience of total dependence on God. I pray that as 2022 starts, God, that we could cast all of our burdens on you. That we would confidently and totally trust you. And as we learn through this book with Paul, I, my, my prayer, God, is that we could see that anything plus Jesus is nothing. Anything plus Jesus is a waste. That Jesus is enough. That he is sufficient. And we get to spend the rest of our lives discovering his sufficiency. Before I wrap up this morning, there might be some decisions you need to make. Maybe maybe the Spirit is drawing you in deeper into the relationship with Him. And He says, Hey, you're wearing yourself out. Just just have peace. You're wearing yourself out, just rest. And this morning you say, you know, Pastor Ray, I, I totally need to start this year 2022 with rest. That I need to realize that my pursuit is over, that the problem of religion is the burden that I carry. And Jesus has his arms stretched out and he says, come to me if you're weary. If you're overwhelmed with rules and law, I'll give you rest. If that's you, just say yes to his rest today. If you're pursuing some spiritual connection, you've never ever accepted Jesus into your life. Man, 2022 is a great year to start. Just say yes to Jesus. He wants to give you rest. God, this morning as we finish up, I pray your spirit would draw and your spirit would do what only it can do, which is to give us rest. Jesus, we love you. We are in awe that you would not add anything, that you'd simply say come. You'd simply say rest. You'd simply say grace. Jesus, it's because of you that we're here. And as we start 2022, may we put total rest in you and this problem of freedom, this problem of choices, this problem of alternatives, this problem of the gospel would be settled in our hearts as we pursue you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Awesome. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much.
1: Man, you know? I, uh, I love the book of Galatians. It... um. And I've told you this before, but it was uh, the study through the book of Galatians that really changed the course of my life. Um, yeah. I was a student pastor um, in Owasso, Oklahoma, and um, there were a lot of things that I that I held tightly to, um, and I would probably put my, categ- my myself in the category of the the masochistic. Oh Christian. yeah, oh yeah, yeah we yeah. know. Yeah, it's, it's good. I didn't see you raise your <laughs> hand though, man. No. Should have like, hey. no, I was like this the whole time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of things that I that I held held pretty tightly to, um, and it was when I encountered the good news of the gospel and, and that that passage in Matthew, um, where. I, I found out that the burden of of Jesus is actually light, and then He came to bring peace and rest, and yeah. um, so that was good. I I'm looking that.
0: forward to d- digging into Galatians over the next few weeks. It's um, it's a powerful book, but it's one that you got to really like. Say, "Whoops, you just stepped on my toes." That's uh, a yeah. that's what this book's about. Yeah, so there's, there's so there's those masochists to are gonna things. love it. You know, it's those people that are that way. You know, hellfire and brimstone. No, he, yeah. <laughs> Paul. What you'll see is Paul really loved this church. He really did these churches, and that's why he spoke so clearly because he really loved them. Yeah
1: begin and uh, don't forget here at bethel we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow jesus
0: you guys don't have to take off you can say hi to people yeah, there's still coffee so all right love you guys stay have a for good week. the merge see ya